Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I am Miss Danielle, and this is Help a Human Out. Sometimes in life, we make mistakes, have some missteps, mess up. Every person does. Me too. But what makes a person a good person is the ability to hold themselves accountable. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about accountability. Take a listen to this apology. I'm sorry, y'all. Dedicated to the trans community, I like to issue a sincere apology for completely dropping the ball. Specifically, I want to apologize for two things. First, I commented laughing emojis under a post that perpetuated transphobia. Second, when I was called out for this shit, I acted like a defensive, dismissive asshole, and I just don't like how I responded. And to Nova, I want to send a personal apology to you because me being lost or me not understanding the person was sending a prank is no excuse for trying to dismiss you being offended. The reason why I think this is a big deal is because I believe that I should be called out, but I don't think I'm creating a conducive climate when I get called out and I act dismissive and dismissive the way that I did. I didn't know the original video was a man parading as a woman trying to prank people because I recognize how so many people think that trans people are tricking folks into being with them. And I recognize how the narrative that they created creates this idea that trans women are just man parading in skirts and dresses trying to be a woman. And that's wrong. I dropped the ball on this one, y'all. I definitely did. You know, my grandfather used to always say, the pathway to hell is paved with good intentions. And though I recognize I did not have any malice or ill intentions when I put those laughing emojis under that comment, I recognize that I offended people. And I apologize for that. Not only do I apologize for perpetuating notions of heteronormativity, I also apologize for being an asshole when being called out. And I definitely want to apologize for the piss-poor, shallow apology that I issued to Nova and the people that I offended. I can be real and acknowledge there's a significant part of the trans community that don't trust cis people like myself when we claim to be advocating for them. And I recognize how what I did in terms of trying to apologize made it where I told you I knew he was one of them cis people and I recognized that shit. Moving forward, though, I learned two things. First, I need to be way more mindful and conscious of what I comment on and the implications of those comments. Second, I need to be very, very understanding of what's going on before I try to give any knee-jerk reactions and being defensive or apologies, because that's why I messed up on accountability is key, and I genuinely want to apologize because I was in the wrong. And lastly, dedicated to my followers, I'm worried that some of y'all take my academic knowledge for trans identities and believing that I'm immune to getting in the way of trans progressions, and that shit is dangerous. Don't get me wrong, I appreciate how a lot of y'all came to my defense when I was called out about being transphobic, but the way a lot of y'all went about picking up on my defense was very dangerous. You was invalidating her voice, you was trying to dismiss her voice, and you was trying to make it as if I'm good at two choose and I can do no wrong, and that's just not true. In my opinion, it's my responsibility to try to create a conducive, unapologetically inclusive comment section and page. And I believe the way I handled myself yesterday was not conducive to that at all. Regardless of how smart, how conscious, how woke you think I am, when a trans woman called me out for being transphobic, do not invalidate her voice or try to make it seem like she's a crazy clout chaser because I can be wrong. Woo! When I tell you this apology hit me in my soul, and his name is George Lee, but you might know him better as The Consciously. He's got over a million followers on Instagram, over 40 million likes on his TikTok channel, The Consciously. He's an intellectual debating, hip-hop dancing, thought-provoking, and workshop-facilitating keynote speaker. He also proves that Black intellectuals, we don't have to play respectability politics to deliver a message that resonates. We can say it how we want, say it how we feel, and people will listen. George Lee holds a bachelor's degree in African and African-American studies and a master's degree in both human relations and adult higher education. Come on, Black excellence. He also holds graduate certificates in women and gendered studies along with human resource and diversity development from the University of Oklahoma. Listen, when I tell you this man has his credentials, but he also has a whole lot of charisma, so it's easy to listen to him. As if he doesn't have enough to do, 
George Conscious Lee is also the coordinator of policy debate for OU's nationally recognized debate team. Professor of diversity and inclusion, come on professor, and a facilitator and has been named in the top 20 college policy debaters of the past decade. Listen, that is one hell of a bio, but this conversation, (laughs) it's even better. Take a listen. Okay, let me give you the backstory on why we have you here today. First of all, I am an educator by day, podcaster occasionally by week, mother, but I spent about 15 years in media, okay? So I have seen a lot of apologies. I have seen a lot of non-apologies and I have learned a lot about accountability, okay? So let me tell you something. Following you on the gram, I haven't made it to the TikTok yet, so don't judge me for my, my lack of TikTok skills, okay? <laughs> but following you on the gram is, I, I love when someone can teach me something. That is, that is where I, I'm in that realm. I am here to learn, to unlearn, and to grow. And one of the things that I constantly come back to on your page is an apology that you made when you held yourself accountable. So I see you hold people accountable all day long. So we're going to we're going to get into a bunch of different stuff. We're going to get into uh to first first thing, first let me backtrack. All right. What does accountability mean to you? Accountability means to me that you invested in acknowledging the problem that you made and that you trying to and that you that you just as invested in moving away from correcting the problem. You feel okay. me? I think it's, I think it's one thing to acknowledge you did something wrong. It's another thing to go a step further and make a commitment to not committing that same wrong again. And to me, that's what accountability is, those two things. Okay, so that's why, okay, it's one thing when someone holds other people accountable. It's a whole different thing when you see somebody hold a whole lot of other people accountable, but they don't hold themselves accountable. And so for the longest time, I have followed you and I've watched you hold people accountable. And I thought to myself, I really hope that he is also capable of holding himself accountable. And not on, no, not on, no, like, that's what you should expect, right? If you can hold everybody else accountable, you should be able to hold yourself accountable, right? Agreed, agreed. Right. So I'm watching, I mean, you read people in the most beautiful of ways, okay? The education is always there. You back up what you're saying. And I always walk away knowing, like, damn, I have learned something. So th- this is good. Like, I, I feel like it pushes me to be better. How did you learn to hold yourself accountable? It's it's easy to hold other people accountable, but how did you learn to hold yourself accountable? Um, I think that for me being a debater, for me being a debate coach, I think that I always can think about when I when I'm when I'm giving a message, how airtight it is and how it can be picked at. So I'm thinking of when I want to hold people accountable and I want to hold your feet to the fire, the ways in which I'm going to think about what you said, what you didn't say, the way I'm going to think about, you know, your tone, the way I'm going to think about your body language and your, your, fa- your facial features and all that. So I think about when I give an apology, I think about, like, what are you apologizing for? Well, like, like I ask myself questions like, what are you apologizing for? Do you really think you was wrong? Why did you do what you did? You feel me? How you going how you how you going to correct yourself? I feel like I come from a southern a southern background and I feel like regardless of whether it's missionary or Baptist, I feel like the idea of how religion gets tied into accountability. I'm not as religious as you know what I'm saying at all really, but I think there's a lot of things I learned through the church and through like the black church and I think accountability is one of the things I learned through the idea of sinning, repenting and turning away from that sin. So that's how I think about apology. Apologizing. I think about acknowledging my sin, but also thinking of a way to turn away from this sin and thinking of a way that I'm going to make make myself better. You feel me? I hate, I, get, I hate to use that metaphor in terms of apologies because I know, you know what I'm saying? But it, that's how I think about it, though. I think about it like I'm, I'm going to apologize. I'm going to explain why I'm apologizing. I'm going to explain my mind, my mindset, why I did what I did. I'm going to explain how I acknowledge that I'm wrong. I'm going to explain how I should be held accountable in terms of moving forward. And I'm going to apologize to the people that I thought that I hurt or any other people that potentially be hurt. And I'm going to acknowledge that regardless of my intentions, because I never had bad intentions. But my grandfather always told me the pathway to hell is paved with good intentions. So should I always try to be knowledgeable and be critical about the end result, the impact outside of my motive and intentions? 
no, I love that because that's why I constantly come back to that apology because there are times I think it's important that people understand, like even as educators, even as people who like are really trying to live their life in a, in a, a the right way. Right. I come back constantly to that video because I'm human too. And I make, I have missteps and that is the most beautiful and real. I just, when we talk about as educators, when we talk about how we teach our kids, how do we teach people? It's modeling, right? It's by modeling. You modeled such a beautiful apology, such a, like a real sense of, let me hold myself accountable. Let me explain that. It, like the way it was, I, I made my producer listen to it. I said, I want to talk to him about accountability because I've never seen such a beautiful presentation of what accountab- accountability looks like. And, you know, sometimes you get scared to look in the comments, right? Like you get scared a little bit to look in the comments. Like, should I, okay, I'm gonna look in these comments and are they gonna understand this apology? Are they gonna ride with you anyways? But not only did you hold yourself accountable, you addressed the people in the comments who had your back, even though they shouldn't have. And so it was just such a, I think what we're lacking right now, and and I want to pick your brain a little bit on this. I think what we're lacking a lot of is everybody is willing to hold other people accountable. I'm not so sure that everybody is willing to put their own feet to the fire and hold themselves accountable. And what you did was model it. And that to me was like, okay, so I follow him because I I can, I love the way he reads other people, but that is what's going to keep me for life because that self-accountability, you can't hold people accountable and not hold yourself accountable. Yes, of course. Thank you. Appreciate you. So walk me through the process of like understanding, because it takes a lot to check your own ego and to humble yourself. So where does that come from? Like knowing, especially because there are so many people that follow you because they see you as a mentor. They see you as someone who's educating them. And unfortunately for us, for people in in the public eye, sometimes people see us as infallible, right? And And we're not. So kind of walk me through when you realize you're wrong, what does that look like for you? And how do you kind of right your wrongs? Or in that moment, what was it like for you to be like, listen, I had some missteps. To be honest with you, and in, in, uh, me knowing the specific apology you're talking about, I already know, you know what I mean? I'm conscious of a lot of people in the LGBT community already being suspect of people that's not in the LGBT community and using that community for clout, using that community to try to build a platform, using that community for X, Y, and Z. So me being conscious of that, I already knew and realized that when I got called out, I did exactly what you said, though, you feel me? I responded in defensiveness ego, where I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know why y'all mad at me about this, but I apologize. And it was really a boy. It was it was it was a BS. We're gonna say an apology. Oh, you, know you can, and you can be like, yourself completely. So if you need to, swear, oh, yeah, you can definitely. Do oh, yeah, you it was a bullshit. Yeah, it was a bullshit apology. So then once yeah. I once I once I realized that I was responding to the criticisms with defensiveness and ego, I had to always ask myself why why am I being defensive and where this ego coming from? And then once I'm, you feel me, I'm reading the comments like you're reading the comments, especially of that initial one, you feel me? And I'm seeing how many people I let down, but I'm also recognizing, all right, now I'm seeing this This is how I'm wrong. You know what I'm saying? And I'm seeing this is how I let people down in terms of them having high expectations for me to have an understanding of transphobia and of human and how transphobia is used to spread human. I'm thinking that this dude, I'm thinking that, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm not even knowing this dude. I'm thinking it's a trans woman that is doing being on their channel using their pitch of voice to you mm-hmm. feel me engage people and i thought that it was a beautiful display of masculinity initially because they responded in smiles you know what i'm saying i'm thinking the person is trans you feel me it's not mm-hmm. that i go back and people call me out like a consciously that was some transphobic shit you laughed at you feel me and this that and the other now initially so I'm you thinking, didn't you didn't even understand like i understand okay, it all and right. I already understand, I, I already know, I'm a cisgender, straight black man that's very unapologetic with my blackness and my, and my politics when it comes to blackness. And because of that, as a result, it's already a, a plethora of people waiting on me to mess up, waiting to assassinate my character, of waiting course. on to be, ha-ha, I got you. This nigga ain't who he said he was, so I'm already yeah. knowing that, you feel me? And yeah. because I knew that, 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 that dictated my initial response, and I feel like it wasn't good for me, myself. Like, I ain't, I'm, I'm a reflective person. I'm reflecting on what I did and how I did it. You know what I'm saying? So once I, once I started to reflect on how I was egotistical, 
and being like, I don't even know what y'all talking about, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Once I start to think more about more about the implications, you feel me? And not only about the implications about who I hurt. So I'm thinking about people. I hurt people's feelings when I did what I did. Regardless of my, what I was trying to do, people people feel some type of way about what I did. Me being a debater, it's like, hey, can I justify this? And you couldn't. And maybe that's the wrong thing to try to do, but I always no. think about can I justify it? But me, I couldn't justify it. There was no right. way for me to justify with ethics and with passion, compassion, I should say, me being able to justify me laughing at this show, me being able to justify, like, I could have initially been like, my bad, child. I didn't know that I apologized for anybody I may have hurt. Would have been over. But instead, yeah. that ego. Being niggas, I had to just be like, y'all, but basically it was like, y'all got me fucked up. But you know what? Let me tell you something. I am so happy that I didn't see that first interaction. I yeah. only saw the genuine apology because this is, I really love what you said about, you know, you already know that there are people who are waiting for you to fail, right? They don't like you to be who you are. They don't like to see you, this educated Black man, teaching other people, like, intelligently reading people with, with facts, though. Not even with no BS or just like, let me give you, let me run you around this because I'm good and I can smooth talk you. But you, you literally know what you're talking about. And so, I, of course, there are people, trust me, I've been there too, that they're like, oh, well, you're not supposed to be there. Who are you? This and that. And so I get it, right? So I get that, that piece of also wanting to defend like, man, I know who I am. You know what I mean? Like, you know who you are. But we live in this world, and especially as people of color, especially as Black people, more specifically, we are always a target. And so I can see both sides of it. Now, I am really glad that I saw the actual compassionate yeah. response. Yeah, because to be honest with you, the first one, I didn't even make a video. It was literally, I it was just like in comments. This, screenshot it there and was like, you know what I'm saying? That's it. This in comments. It wasn't until it bothered me enough for me to think about it and then being real with you, if I'm being straightforward with you, I talk a lot about being an accomplice, being an ally, being a co-conspirator. You feel me? In my yeah. opinion, a white person can't do shit for me if they always already stepping on eggshells and worrying about messing up. You can't do nothing for me. All you can do is get yourself killed and me killed. So move around. You feel me? So in right. my mind, I only can copy and paste that same unapologetic model to what I'm doing. If I claim to be a real accomplice or an ally, a co-conspirator of the LGBT community, I can't be scared to mess up. Now, this don't mean I can't acknowledge when I mess up. It means that I cannot... I could I could not police my actions based off of me potentially saying something that is wrong or that is bad. I have to be willing to be wrong, be bad, be mad, and be willing to acknowledge when I was wrong and when I was problematic. You feel me? And I think that that's what it means to be an accomplice, and that's what it means to be an ally. I like this, this community. Trust me, it's a lot of people in the LGBT community. They got a lot of love for consciously. I acknowledge that. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that I allow for myself to get too familiar in terms mm-hmm. of hey, nigga, stay in your lane, bro. Yeah, they rock with you, you feel me? You are the straight cisgender friend. But nigga, you're not part of that community. And I think that what I did really is what a lot of white folks do a lot of times. They get too familiar with things going on in the black community and yes. think they can just laugh and or repeat shit. It's like, hey, stay in your lane. And I think that that's what people was doing to me. And I had to really sit there and realize it. it. And just like, hey, I want you to be a anti-racist racist. I'm an anti-sexist mm-hmm. sexist. I'm against sexism. I done read feminism. I done read all this shit. But I know that that's not stamped onto my forehead. And I know there's still a lot of blind spots I'm ignorant to. And I think in that instance, it was me being me being accountable and acknowledging. I done read a lot about heteronormativity and transphobia and homophobia. I've read a lot about this. I've had these debates. I've had these conversations. I'm, I'm going to be real. I'm still straight and cisgender as hell. It's a yes. lot of shit I don't know. And I'm going to be real with myself and acknowledge I don't know that. And in that instance, I had to step off my ego, step out on the theory shit and be like, nigga, they got you, bro. You're they wrong. Did. They got <laughs> you. You're and, wrong, sir. <laughs> and Right. And that thing, what, what I think what's beautiful about that kind of reflection, right, is that this, one, it is very hard. Everybody's not there, okay? And so this is what I'm saying. The apology that I saw was in so much alignment with who I believe you to be, right? But I, I, I believe you from who you are and what you present yourself. So to see a different side, it's like one of those moments where you even, not even just your, you know, your, your trans followers or the black followers, whoever, anybody who follows anybody, right? They start to put you in a box. So like for me, when I'm super, super pro-black, which is who I've always been, 
But sometimes they only feed into the fact that I'm a mom. Like they like, oh, she's a mom. And, you know, she's she's a good mom. She's do. Oh, she's a teacher. I rock with her because she's a teacher. But let pro black me get really feisty every now and then. And it's don't forget your mom's white. No, my mom is not white. My mom is an undercover sister. She she passes. But my mom is not white. Her dad is black. And regardless, why are you in my DMs telling me how I need to identify? Right. And so they put you in a box and they put you in a bubble as if you can't possibly mess up or you can't shift or you can't grow. And another part of the reason why I really wanted to get you on here is because when I started to investigate a little bit, I thought to myself, how devastating if that misstep would have been cancel culture. How devastating. Because you put out so much good and people learn from you. And here's the truth of the matter. The only constant in life is transition. When people say like, oh, you change. Why do they say that shit with negativity? Because aren't we all supposed to shift? Aren't we all supposed to change? Isn't that the point? I don't want to be the same. Uh -uh. I don't want to be Danielle from five years ago, 10 years ago, hell, two weeks ago. I am trying to shift, change, grow, unlearn, learn, do all the things every single day. And so I feel like cancel culture is, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. We're going to cancel people. Like, I, I get that there are things that, for me, there are, like, I got some, some you know, you, certain things ain't ever going to slide for me, okay? I, I, like, we, I'm, you're not going to be, like, I can't. I ain't listening to R. Kelly music and I don't want to hear Thank shit you. about Bill Cosby. You keep Thank it you. Okay. and I don't want to hear nothing about bumping Thank the grind. Then I don't want to hear nothing. Listen, I grew up in 19, not born 1990. I'm a, I'm millennial. I know all the, grew up with all the R. Kelly songs. At 30 yes. year old, I don't want to hear none of that shit. Thank you. I was at a wedding uh, Friday, actually my little brother's wedding, and the DJ had the audacity to put on R. Kelly. And I, I, looked, I looked over at the DJ and I literally did the whole, uh-uh, like, you know, cut it. We ain't doing that. And Literally, he looked at me like, oh, this bitch is crazy. And then he played another. I'm like, I'm not stepping in name of love to no rapist, period. So like I, well, I draw a line. Right, exactly. Like you're a pedophile. You said it loud and clear. You're the Pied Piper, all these things. Like I know who R. Kelly is, period. I, okay, I've interviewed some of his victims. So no way in hell am I going to be anywhere and hear R. Kelly and not have somebody and say like, Hey, I'm gonna need you to turn that off, or I'm gonna I'm remove myself because I'm not gonna go for it. So I have my boundaries, right? I get R. Kelly's ass being canceled, and there's still people who won't cancel R. Kelly. But these petty little these petty little offenses that people do, and it ends it ends everything for them, and it happens more often than not to people of color than it does to anybody else, right? And that's the reason why I'm critical of it. But I think that we unpackaging cancel culture. It's a lot to unpackage because I did my little research. Some black women really made that up. Sheik. Sheik was the first people in the 19, I think, 70s to say the word cancel culture. And they was talking about it in terms of love. Oh, you see wow. What I'm okay. Yeah, I, did, I, did, I made a video about it, you know what I'm saying? Consciously on YouTube. You know, all, yeah, I made follow, this video all, all over there, right? But in this video, I learned it's the same thing like being woke. The same thing, like all of African-American vernacular English is that once it gets incorporated into mainstream, it gets convoluted and polluted in a way that wasn't for its main thing. Think about it. You and I probably been saying the word busting our whole life. The word busting didn't come into the mainstream until like shit a couple months ago. We know there were unique times you used the word busting. Now it's like, oh, I'm sipping on this water. This water is busting. It's like, ah, that's everything is Everything is busted. The same thing with... The same thing with Bay. I gotta tell you that. Let me tell you something. Black people been saying Bay since I, since I was like six. They'd be like, "Oh, that's my Bay. That's my Bay." And all of a sudden, white people grabbed it, and then they it was an acronym. Bay was never an acronym when I grew up. Bay was just like short for baby. Like that's my Bay. That's it. Right? Not, not then, bacon, eggs, and cheese, or whatever the hell they say. Not mm. before <laughs> what is before anyone else. Like literally, white people took Bay and said, "Oh, it can't just be." Black people have a slang and, and that that's what they say. Like, that's just the way, like, well, that's my bae. I didn't need someone to explain to me what bae was. I knew. Right? What me and you getting at, though, is that African-American vernacular English a lot of times get bastardized on the internet in this internet era. 
It's, and, and what I would argue is that the origins of cancel culture is actually something that was good and something that we've been practicing in the black community forever. It's just that it got taken and incorporated into the mainstream and got kind of ostracized and bastardized for something that it ain't. So we're making the distinction. I feel like you and I ain't really with cancel culture. We for call out culture. And it's oh, not absolutely. that we really, and being real, we're not really canceling R. Kelly. We just right. calling, him, we calling his ass out and we're acknowledging his inability or non desire to want to be called. Out. You feel there me? You, go. you don't want there to acknowledge him being called out. We ain't really canceling him. You feel me? Because you and I acknowledge We're holding him, that, him accountable. We holding him accountable. We calling him out. We for call out culture. And yes. I think that I was called out. You feel me? And in my mind, I recognize that when it comes to people being seen as redeemable, irredeemable, it's an ugly spectrum in how people look black folks uniquely, especially when we start talking about straight men, straight women, uniquely when it comes to being seen as irredeemable. I would argue, especially in the mainstream, think about the demographics of who's most likely to be canceled and who's mm. most likely to come back from some shit. We usually only talk about black men and, and straight black women or black people uniquely when it comes to being counseled or people of color. We're talking about Chrissy Teigen, bullying. Yep. It's like, hey, yep. these are the examples in terms of when this person does something wrong. And in my mind, we start to get into pathology. It's people that are pathologized for always already being wrong and or being problematic. So when you do some shit that shows you color. wrong and problematic, it's like, I, I told, told you. you. We knew yep. it. You know what I'm saying? So I think that oh. that is the parasitic nature of Council culture, but I think that language is important. If we start thinking about call out culture, it's like, hey, we weren't really trying to counsel Donald Trump, who was calling his ass out. We, we absolutely calling his ass out. It's like, hey, ideally, the, the notion of guilt, in my opinion, is always seen as something good unless we're talking about white folks being guilty or council culture. Any other instance, guilt is something good. Mm-mm-mm. And in my mind, it's like you can't weaponize guilt in a way that says that, hey, we believe that any criminal to get their Mexican, native, black ass in front of the judge and they admit they're guilty, this is good. This is justice. But hey, white guilt, how dare you make me feel guilty for all the shit my ancestors left for me and I want to get blamed for? Or how dare you try to counsel me and make me feel guilty for a mistake? It's like, nah, you, you, you're guilty though. And the, and, and the reason why you like my apology is because I acknowledge my guilt and I wallowed in my guilt. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The other piece of it is it was when we're talking about that that piece of like other people and 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 that apology, they like to feel better, right? Like you weren't looking to feel better. You were you leaned into that discomfort and you made sure people knew you were wrong because so often, and I think this happens a ton with with black people, especially, somebody offends us, and then we do call them out, and then what happens? They weaponize their tears. Or they'll go find the one pygmy in the community and say, well... Well, Candace Owens, she agrees with me. And I know that, or I have a black friend, or I went to a gay wedding once, or I they find one person who agrees with their illogical-ass stance, and they will ride. And, and I, I, I guess, let me ask you this. Do you think, and this is purely opinionated. And that's okay because I value your opinion. Okay. And so I'm going to name that there is no right or wrong answer to this. I'm just curious where you stand on this. Do you think that the people who literally are saying some of the most illogical things, you know, we see so much craziness in the world right now. We see people, they stormed the Capitol because they legitimately believed the president was the Messiah and he was saving the kids from being 
trafficked, okay? We have people who really believe that. We have people, and I don't know if you have heard of this or not. We have people who believe in lizard people. Like, it's a real thing. They believe in these, the, I'm telling you, you don't understand. <laughs> but there are like, people what? everywhere. Oh, trust me. Don't go down that one. Look at, oh, and they, run, they ride for this. Don't go down that rabbit hole. But they, there are people who, re- and I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of people who believe this, okay? And is it really that far-fetched when they stormed the Capitol and there was an entire insurrection based off of nonsense? So my question to you is, do you think that they have, that they want to believe in something so bad? Do you think that they actually believe this? Or do you think they don't even believe the things that they're saying? They just need something to feel united to? Or is it, is it lonely? Like, what makes people believe the things that they're saying, even when it's not even logical? I'm going to keep it a stack with you. As a philosopher and as somebody that got into being woke or being conscious, I feel like very from a, from a very raw perspective, I believe once you are able to teach a person or tell a person something they've been taught for their whole life is a is, is false, that completely caused that completely allows for them to call into question their entire reality. Yeah, and I think that once once we can't uh, uh, agree on the facts, that's when shit start getting rhetorically violent, and that's when we start to uh, 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 distance ourselves from each other based off of different ideological beliefs. The world being flat, did we really land on the moon? Did Russia mm-hmm. really do this? All these things become points of emphasis for you to detract and or go into. And I think that on say from this standpoint, right. In the black community, we know that there is a, 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 a big phenomenon of different people in our community identifying as being total in its totality Hebrew Israelite. They believe the entire black community is Hebrew. They believe that, you know what I'm saying, we all broke covenant with God, believe we true, true, true people. It's also a part of our community that believe that, hey, slavery never happened. We all been here. We all Aboriginal people. For them to be able to buy into that understanding, they've already been understood. They've been taught a lot in some way, shape, or fashion. So they're able to justify psychologically and make it what we identify as being something very irrational. You feel what I'm saying? So once you already believe, you know what I'm saying, that that the government is is, is corrupt in particular ways, because I think we all can identify the government corruption. But once you yes. think that the government is using Pizza Hut as a co- covert operation to sell pizzas and sell kids, or you believe Amazon or whatever, you feel once you start getting into those Wayfair. things, Wayfair, whatever it was, it's yeah. like, yeah, but, but but you but you recognize that they've already bought into or had their reality trickle down. So I wouldn't even say my opinion. I'm gonna argue from a from a notion of psychology and this philosophy. If I can get you to rethink a core tenet of your life. And it's really a part of your self-identity. And you it, might and be able to get crumbled, me to believe anything. Get you to believe any damn thing. You feel me? That's that's what I'm that's what I'm gonna argue. That's what I'm, I'll be willing to put money behind that. Like it's, I don't even think it's opinion-based. It's like oh, psychology, wow. our consciousness of understanding. If I can get you to believe or get you to negotiate the legitimacy of America landing on the moon, what else can I get you to negotiate in terms of logic and in terms of reason? Right. And when you figure out somebody or or the history as well. So like I get really frustrated about when, you know, like I'm by no means an anti-vax or anything. I'm to each his own. Like I, I feel like people should live their own damn lives. I don't care what the hell you do. Listen, I'm not judging nobody. But what I will say is I do get extremely frustrated when people are frustrated with black people who don't get vaccinations. And I'm like, well, do you know the history? Like, do you understand like it's not like you just, you know, black people are just all in and trusting the government. The government has destroyed black communities for there's literally like, do you know? And, and and you know what's crazy is like there there are still stories that I've never even heard. And like as a 36-year-old black woman, when I hear a new story about our people, like I want to make sure I get this right. But recently there was this this viral video of this girl dancing on the edge of this boat. And her ass slid, slid off the phone. And all the memes were, you know what I'm talking about? I've seen that video. And yes. yes, she was twerking on the edge of the boat and she just fell off the boat. And he, the, the guy sitting there hands the beer like, oh, I got to get this bitch about the water. Yeah. Like, it, literally. As soon as she got pulled under it, I swear to God, like a ghost pulled her under there. Like, precisely. So I'm like looking at the comments and all the comments are like, look, our ancestors just straight snatched her and all these comments about ancestors and this and that. 
And I do a little research. Turns out years ago, the government flooded this African-American town and there is literally an entire town under this lake. That lake, yeah. Black people in in Atlanta. And I'm like... This is not. I'm like, is this? This is Lake re- Lanier. Like, I think is what it's called. That, Lake that is Lake Lanier. I seen a video that put me on game. It was like, damn, this this is what we do here in America. But this when we talking about going going back to what you asked me, it's like there is an idea that there is a conspiracy theory against black people that is crazy. That you, that that's that's irrational, right? You yeah. and I know that there has been political, social, economic things with the government conspiring to keep black people under, like right. flooding, like flooding cities, literally, right? Flooding if cities. If you already have the notion of distrust of the authority, you think about it. The same, the same entity that flooded the government is the same. The same entity that flooded Lake, that made Lake Lanier, the same entity saying, "Go get vaccinated, girl. You look exactly. good once you vax that thing up." They pay right. You see what I'm saying? So I, how I see it is in terms of being conscious and being, you know what I'm saying, being what to call, look at it like, man, it was a whole bunch of black people that helped with making, you know what I'm saying, that vaccine. But also thinking about it, I was born in the 90s. I was born in 1990. We old enough to know you used to have to have an immunization records to be in the schoolhouse. Yes. Have you had your measles shake, nigga? Have you had your tetanus shake, nigga? Have you had your... And if you didn't have it, like, yep. nah, nigga, you can't come over you here. You can't come in so here. So to me, it's like, hey, I know Henry Adelaide's I know Tuskegee Experiment. Yeah. I know about them to sterilizing women. I know about all that. But I'm not going to front either and make it like my mama didn't go to the, you know what I'm saying, to the health department and sit me and yeah. my sister's black ass and get them free, you know what I'm saying, them free, free social consideration to school. So in my yeah. mind, I think there's just a lot of disconnect a lot of times when it comes to people that's able to think of this crazy stuff. Because, you know, it's some people that truly believe they're forcing the LGBT community down their throat. They trying to make us all gay. Hide your kids, hide your wives. They trying to, they trying to, Danielle, yes. Danielle, I ain't got no problem with the LGBTQ shit, Danielle, but what about the kids, Danielle? Danielle, yes. they might not be, it's people that really believe that shit. You feel me? They, so this, you know what I'm saying? They think it's, a, also think it's an assault on the black man. Like that somehow we are trying to make all black men, like strip them of their masculinity. And like people believe this stuff. They legitimately feel like, Black men are going to somehow turn into women and we're going to strip them of their femininity. And this is, you know, oh, it's the stuff that people believe. How do we keep our minds like, okay, as a conscious person, right? Like legitimately. And I got to tell you, I, I, I slept for a long time on purpose because when you wake the hell up, you know, when we think about shit like the matrix and I don't know how, how your journey is, but like there were years where I was like, I don't want to do this yet. I ain't ready. So I stayed, I stayed asleep. I said, you know, if, if I'm going to, you know, me considering myself an anti-racist, that is in the last couple of, this, that's within the last, like, because in order to consider myself fully an anti-racist, I can't have any fear. I can't. Like, I can't. I have to know that I am going to mess up, but I also know how to hold my, myself accountable and I'll do that. I have to know that in every situation, in every situation, if something pops off, like, who are you? Are you going to be the person who's quiet? Have you ever seen What Would You Do? Yeah. The show with John <laughs> yeah. King Jonas and his ass be hopping out of bushes and stuff. Like, what would you do? Like, there are these situations. You know what I'm talking about? There's these situations. Like, let me tell you consciously, I live my, se- like, live my life like John King Jonas is watching. So, th- and for me, that's what it, what, how I kind of became more conscious. I was like, I don't want to be the person that John King Jonas says, hop out the bush like, bitch, why you didn't say nothing? And I've been like, oh, because I, no, I know right from wrong in every situation. I'm ethical and I show up in every situation ethically. And that means when I mess up, sometimes I have to say, you know what? I didn't know I messed up. And also this is how I'm going to right my wrong. And that's why I love that apology that you gave so much because it was just like, I legitimately go back to it often. Now, I ain't out here just fucking up all the time to be clear. Yeah. Let me just make that, let me just make that clear. Okay. Yeah. Huh? But I, but yeah. I do like to see it. Like I go back multiple times and I like to see it because I think it is such a prime example of how to give a real, true, and genuine apology. And as a feeler, someone who can tell how you're feeling, even if you're lying about it, I knew you were genuine. And I was like, I let myself down in an instance, though. Like, I think that yes! once, I, I, like, like once I realized that I, I, I hold myself to a higher standard than what I did, and then once I realized that I, like, like I let myself down in so many ways, 
I wasn't only apologizing to the people I let down, I was also apologizing to myself. And that's the reason why I was trying to, you know what I'm saying, make it that way. And then I understand how her mentality operates when you do something wrong. You feel me? It's sometimes so you can justify some some fuck shit. Like you feel mm-hmm. me? Because you have enough people in the in the herd that's going to be with you. You feel me? And for me, I'm just thinking that like I always think like right and wrong, and I'm always most of the time. I don't lie. Sometimes I I'm seduced <laughs> by by peer pressure <laughs> and things. You feel me? Yeah. But most of the time, we I'm polite are. and I'm against wrong. And it's just like shit. If I think I'm right, goddamn, I don't you? I don't care if it's my mama, my daddy, my grandma, my wife, my. I think I'm right. They think I'm wrong. They finna have to convince me I'm wrong. And as long yeah. as I think I'm right, then I'm right. You feel me? And, and, yeah. Or vice versa. They think I'm right and I think I'm wrong. They have to convince me I'm right. Because now I'm, I think I'm wrong. And I'm yeah. not stupid. I thought about why I'm wrong. I have different reasons for why I've got to this end, this end result. So now you have to mm-hmm. tell me about why I thought I was right. And in that instance, I, I understood that it was a lot. I know that in my, like, how I describe my following is I'm trying to build a community, right? I talk about yeah. race, class, gender, ability, sexuality in a way that make it where Native people, trans people, trans-Native people, Black women, Black disabled people, disabled white people all to come and be a part of the community in my platform, in my community, I mean, in my comment section. And feel safe. I'm I'm already helped though that the people that's agreeing with me, like oh, constantly, it wasn't that bad. I ain't take offense to it. They probably are already people that I wouldn't want to want to agree with me when it comes to transness. Anyway, you feel me? Yes. So it's like, and hey, there are people who let need to learn be, some more. <laughs> exactly. And, and two people that was like, shit. They they respect me, and most people are gonna be like, well, thank you. I'm glad you had my back. It's like, nah, you should have my back. It's like no, I, I debate right. you. Shit. It's like shit. We can debate right now in this comment section. I, this is right. why I'm wrong. This was this, yeah. this this is why I agree with what they were saying and why I think I shouldn't do this, that, and the other. And a few of those people start to be, think like I, I ain't think about it that way. Yep, and that's what I think is so important about building building this kind of community online. I don't think people understand like when we talk about her community, right? I know that there are people who have like I've been I worked in media for almost 17 years. I started when I was 19 years old. And I, I know you can't tell because there's good melanin, you know, black so don't crack. Like, but thank you. But yes, I started when I was 19 years old and how I've been in media for... Anyway? I'm 36. <laughs> <laughs> like, how old is this? She's a vampire. No, um, no I, but I, like, I've seen everything. You know, I grew up on the radio. I grew up in front of people. I've seen so much and heard so much and done so much. And... One of the things that I really, really believe is that when people connect with you and they feel some type of connection with you, sometimes they start to idolize or sometimes they start to, they'll ride to the point where you don't even want them to ride that much. Like, and I saw a meme yesterday and I think we could both appreciate it. I saw a meme yesterday and it said, I'm not looking for the live your best, like when I make a mistake or I do something reckless for a live your best life kind of friend. I'm looking for a, hey, I'm about to hold you accountable, friend, because I'm looking to grow. And that's the reality. At this point in my life, where I am, it's like, yeah, I am trying to live my best life, but my best life look a hell of a lot different than a decade ago, right? No more YOLO. No more you only live once. Like, you can't, like, no more YOLO ideology to justify some bullshit. Like, nah, man. Right. You You can YOLO when you walk through the exit door, right? Like when you're walking in through the exit door, sure, YOLO. That, that, that's the extent of my YOLO. I walk through the exit door when I'm supposed to walk through the end and I be like, YOLO. <laughs> that, that I ain't hurt nobody. Yeah. Gets, I feel like I'm living on the edge a little bit. You know, it says exit, but I'm entering. I, you know, I feel it. But no, it, we can't YOLO. Like we have to be more mindful. We have to realize that it's not fair to just hold other people accountable if we're not going to hold ourselves accountable. And I think that, you know, for me personally, I think about how I want to show up in the world, right? What, what am I trying to uh, express? And I think one of the biggest things for me, and I'm, I want to ask you too, because then I want to get into a little bit of uh, rapid fire questions because I want to pick your brain a little bit. But I think for me, I really, really just believe that everybody should be able to exist in the world, however they, as long as they're not hurting other people, like however they were, they want to, right? I'm a black woman and I haven't been able to exist in the world exactly how I wanted. I just stopped code switching a year ago. So like, I know that that might sound crazy to some people listening and our helpers, but I've had to code switch. I was, I was the first black Miss Minnesota. If you didn't, if you think that there was not code switching that had to happen for me to be allowed 
Listen, if you think that I didn't have to code switch to get that crown, you're crazy. I had to straighten my hair. I had to speak a whole different type of way. I had to carry myself a certain way because the standard of beauty, the standard of intelligence, the standard of everything was rooted in white supremacy. So I have had to change so much of myself, but I really do believe that people should be able to show up in the world however they deserve. And I think that you're a really good example of that as well because you fight so much for communities that you don't even fully identify with, which is fantastic because that's what we're supposed to do. If we're going to be rooted in humanity and rooted in anti-racism, if we're rooted in freedom, ain't nobody free until everybody free. That's really how I feel, though. I, I, really, I really feel that way, though. And, and really, the more you talk about the idea of as long as when I, when I say YOLO, I'm not hurting nobody. I think that in our society, we really have an ugly-ass way of being able to characterize misinformation as being a mere opinion. We can agree, disagree. Well, that's just my opinion. Like, no. No. An opinion, an opinion in my opinion, you feel me? I can say, an opinion, by definition, is something that is non-falsifiable. So if you say chocolate ice cream is better than vanilla ice cream, that is an opinion. That is non-falsifiable. Once yeah. we start making these rigid claims, claims that can be falsifiable, like it can be proven true or false about race, class, and ability, sexuality, we are no longer in the realm of you being able to just have your own opinion. Or how I understand you say something about a meme. A meme I had seen was like, hey, I'm cool with difference of opinion insofar that it doesn't deny somebody else humanity or existence. A lot of times people like to characterize their opinion or characterize an ineffectual statement or they hate as being an opinion. It's just like, wow, you ain't finna get away with that shit. And I know my grandfather always said it's like, hey, opinions is like assholes. Everybody got one and it usually stunk. Yep. And, and And even like furthermore, right? Like, your opinion is fine if your opinion is, I don't even care if your opinion isn't, like, if your opinion is illogical. Like, if you're like, oh, nah, I think the sky is green. Okay, well, shit, maybe you're colorblind. Fine, that ain't hurt nobody. I don't give a shit if you think the sky is green. I know that the sky is not green. However, you thinking the sky is green, you might got some other stuff going on. You could work out, work that out. That ain't even gonna bother me. Now, if you tell me- Inconsequential. Right, completely inconsequential. But if you tell me that, you know, you voted for Trump twice and it's because of, you know, financial reasons or because of this, you're completely disregarding all of the hate. You're completely disregarding like when, you know, when people are like, well, we can have a difference of opinion. Not when you're difference of opinion, not when I identify as a black queer woman. No, you can't because your what your vote is putting my life at risk. We can't just be, and you know who the first person to say, can't we just agree to disagree is? It's, it's, it's peach people. It's legitimately the peach people who are always up in my inbox like, why do your daughters wear Black Girl Magic shirts? Lady, if you don't get the hell up out my inbox, like, what are you doing? And so I just feel like when it comes to so much of this, it, we have to understand, like, accountability is key, period. Like. We have to hold everybody accountability. And accountability also looks like you don't just get to say because of my my opinion, right? We can't just do because of my opinion. Or That's because crazy. your trauma and hurt too, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was able to have a real deep conversation with uh, Wayne Brady uh, on Tuesday. I love Brady. Uh, 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 we, we talked about black masculinity. We talked about trauma. We talked about pain. We talked about hurt. He actually cried during the during during our, during our live. It's it's it's, uh, it's it's posted everywhere right now. Um, but, but okay, well, we gonna being, get it. <laughs> but I, I I recognize in us having that conversation, and, and uh, he didn't do this at all. But recognizing in that conversation is a lot of times us as humans. You feel me? Like the idea hurt people, hurt people. Especially yep. us oppressed peoples, we'll try to use our train, our, our, our trauma, our trials and tribulations to justify us doing some hurtful shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, Absolutely. go to therapy. Go to therapy and get that worked out. Don't don't keep on creating more hurt to other people because you got hurt. That don't even make sense. Oh, oh my God, I love you for saying that. Thank you so much. When people, so when you get a scream laugh or a scream exhalation <laughs> out of me, you know that that's the real shit because I have been hurt. I have seen hurt. I have seen trauma. I have lost a son and a father. My dad died at the age of 53. You can't tell me that I am not hurt. I have been traumatized, okay? And still, I choose to heal because I don't want to be a hurt person out here just hurting other people. And I know that if I do not heal, even if I numb myself, if I choose to not 
show up and, and heal what the hell I got going on. And some of this ain't even mine. Some of this shit is generational. Okay? You so inherited. I, I, I inherited. inherited. Yeah, some of this didn't even belong to me. I just woke up to it, was gifted it from birth. So it is my duty and my honor, honestly, to heal myself because one, I don't want to pass this, this trauma back on to my children and I want them to unlearn the things that were gifted to me anyway. And two, it is not an excuse that, you know, I've been hurt, so that's what it is. Now, I do think that there are a lot of people, especially in education, that are in a position of power. I heard an educator say, um, an administrator say, that trauma was an excuse. Now, when we're talking about kids, how fucking dare you? When, when kids' frontal lobes are not even completely formed yet, and we have students, we have students, and you're telling me trauma's an excuse? No, no, no. Trauma's an excuse Sounds like you. you're speaking from a position of privilege, if you ask me. It sounds no. like you have a life that lacks Trauma, and that's trauma. the reason why you lack empathy of being able to recognize the shit. I'm talking about. I'm talk, I think that. Yes. Yes. Yeah, man. You can't. You can't. You can't gaslight, patronize, paternalize people for it. You feel me? I'm nope. talking about in a. I'm talking about in an intimate conversation about accountability. There has to be some type of individualistic autonomy a person gets to have about being able to own their trauma and think through their trauma. And I think that from a authoritarian. Are you an authority person, position, and you telling like your subordinates, like, get over that shit? It's like, that don't sound ethical to me. No, it doesn't. And, w- and when you say to someone, when somebody comes to you and they're saying, I have researched adverse childhood experiences for many years, when somebody's telling you, hey, the issue with our children, especially because they're all black and brown and you are not a part of that community, and I'm trying to tell you, like, this is not actually misbehavior. These are trauma responses. And I'm telling you that. And then you look me in my face and you tell me, Oh, trauma's an excuse. You don't belong here. And what you Hell just nah, did. I don't belong here. Right. And what you just did was insert your opinion because I just gave you facts. What I gave you was facts. But because you don't look like me and you're in a position of power, you get to just say whatever you want. Meanwhile, I was told, well, this is just an excuse. And so when we talk about accountability, when I tell you, you have to be fearless in the work that we do because we're calling out everybody else, but we also have to call ourselves out, right? And for a long time, I self-abandoned, right? Because in that meeting, I didn't say what I wanted to say. I didn't say, no, you're wrong. I shut the hell up. Why? Because I'm a black woman and I didn't want to lose my job, right? I also have kids. But who I am now would never. I would rather lose my job because I know I'm always going to be okay as long as I remain ethical and I always don't live in fear. Because as soon as you start moving in fear, is it, fear and, and ethics are so intertwined because if you're moving in fear, you're willing to do some, some fucked up shit. If you're moving in fear, you can be bought. If you're moving in fear, all of these things, nothing can be done accurately if you're moving in fear. And so what I have witnessed following you for a long time is that you are kind of, you're kind of like me. You're a little fearless. And I appreciate that because that is very hard to do. It is very hard to do. And it doesn't mean that we don't have fears for our children or we don't have fear. No, that's not what I mean. I don't mean, mean we, we out here doing it. stupid shit. You know what I mean? We out here yes. like, I'm fairly shooting me. This right. like, no. It just mean like, hey, I stand and I feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I think I'm right or doing something ethical, whatever you going to do to me, run that shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right. Absolutely. Yes. Exactly. You gonna not give me a job? You gonna not right. give me opportunity? You gonna not give me okay. a resource? Shit, I'm a survivor. I'm a hustler. I'll figure it out. But I'm standing on this right here, though. I'm standing that on right this there. shit. I don't care what you. T- I don't care. You, you ain't. You ain't got. Uh, I always like to explain to people like, listen, man. The reason why I have the following is because of who I am. I'm not who I am because of the following. What that, that means part. is that I'm willing to if, if lose it I'm, all. Hey, man, I'm still gonna be who I am because I was who I was before I had this following. The reason why y'all follow me because of who I am and because of what I do. I'm not going to. I always tell people I'm an acquired taste, man. I'm not for everybody. I'm not willing to add no salt or no sugar to my shit to make it where you can digest me. If you believe I'm not for you, that's fine. I'm not for you. Protect your mental health. Protect your peace. Don't let me fuck your peace up. Right. You feel me? I'm an educator. It's a reason why it's a whole bunch of different teachers that teach the same subject. Because there's different mm-hmm. teaching methods, different learning styles. Maybe my exactly. teaching method is not for your learning style. Keep and that's your ass fine. moving. I'm not for the change of what I'm doing, though. And if you want to take a send a video over there, send it over there. You want to sit up there, send it over there. I said what I said. I know that's right. And that's what I'm talking about being fearless. Fearless means that at the end of the day, I know I'm always going to be all right. Because to me, the only way I'm not going to be all right 
is if I have to go back to chaining myself back up. And what that looks like is holding my tongue, you know, walking on eggshells in situations, not speaking up for something when I know it's wrong or not speaking up for something when I know that this is not the right way to do it or this is right. Being, you know, being policed, my body being policed, my hair being policed and not saying something, understanding like you're making me sign a contract to silence me and doing it, right? I don't self-abandon no more. And when by not self-abandoning, that means I can't have no damn fear because I got to always show up and I will keep showing up and I will keep holding myself accountable, which is, and the only way I feel good holding other people accountable is because there is nobody else that I hold more accountable than myself. Than myself. Right. Come on. Okay, so listen, we can have this conversation all day and I'm going to have to bring you back again consciously. I definitely but know we can. We talk all day. I can see it now. We talk all, all day. All damn day. I'm like, I'm going to have to get your nuts. I'll be like, consciously, what the hell are you thinking about this? Okay, yeah, no. Uh-huh. I know. Okay, so we want to give the audience a call to action, okay? How do we embody call-out culture? Because we've already discussed it's important to hold ourselves accountable and hold other people accountable. It's real easy to say I'm canceling somebody, right? But what you said earlier makes so much sense. It's not just that, you know, we're like, oh, we're never going to play R. Kelly again. We want other people to know you can't move the way R. Kelly moves. You can't do the things R. Kelly does. Our Black women, our little girls, our kids are a priority and we must keep them safe. So I want you to tell me a little bit about if we could tell our helpers out there, hey, I get it. Cancel culture seems cute and all. But we we try to move forward to call out culture. What does that look like? How do we hold others, the government, ourselves accountable? How do we push for change in this call out culture? Because I'm being critical and I'm mind myself on using gender language. Because I would say nobody wants to be the bad guy, but I'm going to say nobody wants to be the bad person. For me, when it comes to talking about like call out culture, being accountable, it's like you being willing to understand how you can and how you are the bad person. For me, it's like thinking of like, right now we live in a world that's trying to be progressive, progressive towards women, children, people of color. LGBTQ. This other people. You know what I'm saying? Progression, right? In my mind, accountability and call-out culture is you being able to be reflective and think about how you get in the way of shit you want to progress. Like, for instance, I am for the, I'm, I'm for the progression of the LGBT community, but I think that I can't really be down for that shit if I can't, if I'm not willing to think about how I am individually me as an individual, as a human being, what I do, what I say, how I move, how I'm implicated in getting in the way of the progression of the LGBT community. You feel what I'm saying? And Absolutely. That, in, in the video you've seen, that was me willing to see, all right, I'm getting in the way. In my mind, call-out culture is about that. In my mind, that's what chic and song and cancel culture, when we first started talking about it in the black, in, in the black community, before white folks knew what we was talking about, we was talking about being woke and, and doing this and... This is what we was talking about. It was talking about, to me, the the ability, can you acknowledge what you did was wrong? Yeah. Is you willing to see yourself as the bad person? And I think that usually come down to everybody want to use this ally shit. Are you an ally? Are you an ally? Well, goddamn, we don't know how you an ally based off of how you move and how you groove. If you when you move in the groove and you scared to be wrong, then you ain't good for me. You know what I'm saying? We can't go do nothing. We can't go deconstruct nothing. We can't go take off nothing. We can't go take it. We can't build nothing either because you're too worried about misaction. You feel me? And just really being able to acknowledge, can you like, when are you and how are you the bad person? You say you against racism. How how do you perpetuate racism? You say you against sexism. Nigga, how you get in the way of sexism? You say you against heteronormativity. How can you be heteronormative? In my mind, that's what it called. Call yourself out. Call yourself out. That, That personal accountability is key. And I think one of the things that you said that really hit home for me was like, how like how am I the bad person, right? Because it's it's very easy to see yourself. Um, like I'm, I consider myself a light worker. But the only reason why I consider myself a light worker and a healer is because I also recognize my own darkness. The difference is I know how to check my darkness, right? I know that I can't be all good because of balance, right? I understand that I can't be all good. You know why? Because there's got to be a balance to it. So. If I know that I am light, I also know that I am darkness. But you know what I want to win out? Light every time. So that means I investigate my darkness. It means I check my darkness. And it means when I am triggered and my darkness rears its ugly head, I make sure I take my ass to therapy and tell Beth, my therapist, Beth, I've been triggered. I thought I was working on this. I thought I was past this, but clearly I'm not. And I show myself grace because I am human. Me too, though. 
Yeah, and I constantly call myself out. I, I recognize that, you know, I recognize my own misogyny. Okay, I was I raised in the same culture. You masculinity, were. Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> my my internalized racism, my internalized toxic yeah. masculinity. Like sometimes I say I say something, and I'm like, "Who the hell are you?" But I check myself, and I recognize, "Ooh, that's not who I want to be. This is not even who I portray myself to be." So I got to get rid of this one. And we're all working on bad habits, right? See, I, like, see, I ask myself why. That's usually how I do mine. Like, why did you do that? Yeah. Why you do that? Why do you feel that way? How yep. you come to feel that way? Why do you think you feel justified in feeling that way? Even if you don't feel justified, why did you? Why was your first response was to get defensive? Why did you respond with your ego? Why do you feel yes. playing right now? Why do you feel like they're trying to get over on you? Why do you why? feel jealous or envy right now? Why do you? I ask myself why, and I'll be willing to sit with myself and sit with thoughts that make me feel uncomfortable about why I did something, about why I feel a certain type of way. If I feel sad, if I start feeling depressed, if I start feeling a certain type of way, angry. I can ask myself, like, why do you feel this way? And I can sit there with it. Sometimes I can sit there with it for a day, an hour. Sometimes I might sit with it for a month. You feel me? Yes. But I'm willing to ask myself and make those, like, almost embracing the education of discomfort. My motto mm-hmm. is education is elevation. You feel me? That's my motto. I believe yep. that shit. If you can, ele- instead of hating, elevate yourself. You right. see what I'm saying? Bro, learn. A lot of I'm times, learned. ask yourself, like, you already hit it on this head, Mr. I ain't, you, you good, you know? Yep. I'm going to be my new best friend. Uh, Wow. Wow. I love talking to people who push my thinking, who make me feel things, who, uh, who educate me, right? An educator can be educated. We should all strive to learn, to grow, to unlearn. You know the drill, right? George Lee. The Consciously, wow. If you're not following him now, I hope he proved himself to you. I hope that you are like, let me follow him right now because wow, did you learn so much? I did. I know that so often I feel like, how can I fix the world? How can I fix other people? How can we stop the racist, the sexist, the transphobic people? How can we stop them putting kids in cages on the border? How do we do this? And what it all comes down to is, yes, we want to do all those things, but control the controllables, right? Be Consciously was very, very particular, very serious about one thing. If we are going to make changes, we have to first make those changes within ourselves. It's so easy to focus on everything else. We got to turn that focus back in to ourselves internally. Some of the things that really stood out to me were, how am I holding my people back? If I stand for gay rights, what am I doing that could possibly be standing in the way? Now, we all are going to mess up. I am Black, and even I have some internal racist thoughts. Hell, the conscious Lee, he's got all them damn degrees, and he has some internal racist thoughts, and he talked about it. He admitted it. You do not have to be scared of your deficits, but you do have to deal with them. You do not have to be scared of the discomfort, but you should try to sit in it, because that's when you grow. We can push ourselves We can unlearn, we can learn, we can shift, we can transition. And for the love of God, I think we have to stop with the cancel culture. What did he say? Call out culture. Now, I'm all for it. I think cancel culture is whack. I think people do change. They do shift. Now, don't get me wrong. If you have some non-negotiables, stick with that because you are allowed to have your boundaries. You are allowed to feel the way that you feel and you are allowed to have anybody in your orbit or whoever you want in your orbit and you're allowed to put people outside of your orbit. But I do think that when it comes to accountability, we have to make sure we hold ourselves accountable before we ever can think about holding anybody else accountable. We have to show up for ourselves first, demand that we change before we ever can point the finger at somebody else. Now, if you're doing the work on yourself, by all means, you better be calling other people out too. But be mindful that you will mess up. Don't be scared to mess up. It's gonna happen. And when you do, hold yourself accountable. Give a real apology. And if you need a reminder of what that looks like, come back to this episode and listen to At The Conscious Lee's Beautiful Apology. Figure out what made you respond that way. Why do you feel the way that you do? 
And how can you be a better version of yourself? Because that's why we're all here, right? To help some humans out. I don't know about you, but George Lee, the Conscious Lee, he helped me out today. And I hope he helped you out as well. I want to thank George for his time, his candor, and his mission. Listen, when I tell you that is Black Boy Joy, it is Black excellence, it is everything. If you have a question you would like us to answer, send a voice memo to hahopodcast at gmail.com. Or you can DM us on Instagram at hahopodcast. I'm your host, Miss Danielle, and our executive producer is Emma Martins. Help a Human Out is produced by Red Rock Music and is powered by Acast. We'll see you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 